You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 208, sponsored by InStock Trades, Iverse Media, Drawer Boxes from CollectionDrawer.com, and iFanboy listeners like you. We are Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 208. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, everybody. And Ron Richards. Well, hey there. Well, hi to yourself. iFanboy.com is our website. It's about comic books because we like them very, very much. We read them every week. One of us has the job of picking the book they like the best that week out of all of the books that they bought in the shop on Wednesday, and we call that the Pick of the Week. They write about that on a Wednesday night usually, and it goes up on the site. You can read it there, and then we come here to talk about it on the podcast. That's why we call it the Pick of the Week podcast. And we talk about the other books from the week and uh, some other stuff, although this week, uh, a lot of books is what I'm saying. A lot before of books. We get, before of we books. get going, there's a lot of books is what he's saying. A yeah. uh, lot of books. Uh, before we get going, we're going to talk about what happens in those books. So if you haven't read them yet, we don't want to ruin them for you, so you've got your spoiler warning now, so be careful. Come back later, or just bold, charge boldly through. Connor, you got up at 4 a.m. You read for 38 straight hours, <sighs> took a quick refreshing nap, and then uh, posted your thoughts. Yeah, I had, uh, as my microphone almost falls over, I had 20-plus uh, books, uh, plus the Marvel Fest and it was in New York on Wednesday night, and I was all comicked out by the end of the day. But <laughs> You're like, please, just give me some, some sports. <laughs> I actually well, ended the day with baseball, so yeah. there you go. That yeah. went horrible. Um, <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> so that happened. It was a fun Wednesday, is what I'm saying. And um, so, but the, the, good, Wednesday you'll have. The, the good thing about having 23 books is if they're mostly good, it's not a bad time. And I had for my 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 stack mostly good, really good books, so that was good good, good time. And what happened was. That seems to always happen when I have big weeks. Is I was left with three or four books I could have easily made the case for my pick of the week. And when you're writing a pick of the week review of 800 to 1,000 words, you have to be able to make your case. You can't just say, this book was good. We, we did that 10 years ago, and that didn't really work out so well. Um, <laughs> so it worked I had out to, fine. <laughs> this book was nice. I enjoyed it. Uh, so <laughs> it was I, interesting. <laughs> Once again, so I looked at all my books that I really liked and could have made a case for, and decided at the end of the day that Detective Comics eight fifty eight that is the correct number because you can't yeah. read it on the cover. Detective Comics eight fifty eight was the by far best book of the week. Which it's funny because it's only been five issues of Greg Ruck and J.H. Williams the third plus um, Coley Hamner in the backup, and it, we've already reached that point that a lot of books get where we, we, we've nothing left to say about the book. It's just really great every month, and it's nothing. You know, it's hard to make that the pick of the week when, there, when nothing new happens or nothing to say about it other than, wow, that was awesome again. But I thought this was the best issue of Detective Comics overall since they've been on. I thought this was masterfully done in term, from, from the writing and the art standpoint. I thought the only thing holding back Detective previously was that Rucka's first arc was a bit, at times a bit too confusing. It, it made a lot of sense at the end, and I thought the last issue was strong, but it, it didn't really live, match up to the art. Whereas I thought in this issue, from a technical standpoint, it was brilliant. The uh, story is basically it's an origin story of Kate Kane, Batwoman, and we follow her childhood through a series of flashbacks that happen um, from a case that she's on now. Like she's flash things things trigger her memory, and she flashes back to scenes of her childhood being an army brat with her twin sister, who turns out to be evil. Well, it's picking it's a, picking up right after the previous arc ended. Right, and so yeah. so so she's now looking thinking back, and as yeah. dialogue triggers memories, she thinks back to her time with her sister, who was the villain in the first arc. And and being a military brat and being with her mother and father and having to move around and having her her, her dad never be around at all because he's he was an important guy in the military, and it was a very and it, I thought it was a very interesting sort of character study. I really enjoy. I really got immersed in their childhood and their world and and I really felt for them and sort of connected with them. And then at the end, there's this horrible act of violence that obviously will change the course of her life and her sister's life. And it it was a shocking tone shift that made all the worse because you really got to know these kids and feel for them through the course of the issue. And I thought the way Rucka handled the transition 
by making the shocking violence shocking in that it happens out of nowhere and it's bad to the way he handles the final scene where the the kids and the mother are kidnapped because the father's important so they're kidnapped when they're living in Europe and we we basically witness the rescue through the eyes of I'm assuming that's Kate and and in the beginning since she's blindfolded the first page is all black and we all we hear is the sound effects and the dialogue and we have to follow the action through through that which is you know we're used to following with this beautiful art and it was really well done and it's very sort of terrifying and we we f- there's something that re- bad really that really happens something really bad that happens in the middle of the page and you you go oh no I hope that wasn't what, what I think it was and then when the blindfold's taken off and we still are in a per- point of view we see the aftermath of the rescue and all the horrible things that happened and the, f- the two, the two and, horrible things that happened yeah right but yeah. I mean the, the one really horrible thing that's right that you know the first thing she sees right and right. Uh, exactly and. I thought just from a technical writing standpoint, it was a brilliantly constructed issue. And now, just I mean, if this was just drawn by a regular artist, it'd be one thing. But J.H. Williams III uses a different art style for every different portion of this book. It's amazing. And the flashback scenes of the kids, to me, look like Mazzuccelli's Year One. I can see which, that. I saw a little Cliff Chang. But I think that's that's yeah. that's you see Cliff Chang, you see Mazzuccelli, so yeah, so that makes yeah. sense. It's, <laughs> it's funny to me because like when I I look at those stories, I don't know if you guys know me well, but that is my like that's my favorite kind of art style. I yeah. was like, he could draw like this all the time. I would yeah. be great with that. But like, but I thought it was interesting is that is that it starts off with that kind of clean thing, and then it goes to the great two page of the father at war, the pretty a, pretty a, war, pretty different, style. and then it comes to the present, and it's that painted you know amazing layout, um, you know, like we've had in the past, the previous arc. Yeah, it's just he, he he's just dazzling. I mean, and it's funny because you know to to touch on two things that you said, you know, when I saw that you picked detective, I I literally did my oh again. You know, I, I did the same thing. Yeah, I was like, really? I, I was really like, come like- on. I was like, oh, we got 20 plus books come out. We picked Detective again. But then I read it. And I was just like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, I can't. I, I totally I, yeah. did the same thing. I was like, and I did this because I know that like people out there go, oh, they just do what they do all the time. And I did. I let it cross my mind for half a second. I thought, oh, yeah. we just. And I, and I read it, and I actually the last thing I read, and so I was like, whatever, it'll be fine. And then I got to like the last page, and I swear to God, I teared up. Yeah. yeah, well, it, well, was it, like, it wasn't. Even, oh. it, was soon, it was sooner than that for me. As soon as I got to the two pages of the the father at war, the tilted pages on the back of the American flag, I was like, oh, I get it. Like he's like, oh, J.H. Williams is stepping it up again. Yeah. You know, like it's just ridiculous. And then the you other, know, it was a combination it, of the art and the, and the story. Well, being, yeah, this, well, no. And then the, the other thing I want to say was how you said it touched upon you know the shocking ending. That was the theme for the week, and we're going to talk about a bunch of books. But like one book after another, literally shocked me. Le- yeah. And and this just let it off, and it was just like it, it was a gut punch, and it just kept on going through like every other book I read. <laughs> and the thing we often say with these books that are great every month, like like Detective, is that it has to be really good yeah. to really stand out and get pick of the week honors. And this was really good when you compare it to the, the the previous five issues. It was I thought by far the best one. Just everything was nailed in this. He 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 excels in these. I mean. There's not a lot of superhero action in this. There's there's a, there's a couple of pages of Batwoman in the middle, but mostly it's it's a family and then it's espionage, military stuff, and that's where Ruckus, you know, sweet spot is. And he just yeah. nails all this stuff, and it he he totally pulled on your heartstrings until at the end where you just just emotionally wrenched from what's happened. Yeah, it was just I mean it was great. I mean I loved I love 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 the flashback uh, the art. Because oh yeah, these, it's beautiful. Because the the simple the the white pan you know the white panel borders and the simple kind of simpler panel structure. Mm-hmm. And then compared to the uh, the other stuff, and just to, to see how Rucka is writing a story, like he's writing the origin. This is a story that's been in his head since he's introduced this character, I, I presume, um, that he's been fleshed out or whatever. And you know, in, and it's almost like a you know, like we talked about, it's like you know, it's it's uh, artist and writer working together in collaboration, and the two of them pushing each other and making the story that much better. It really is special. It's one thing that you, you'll you'll hear people say a lot uh, when, they're, when people are talking about how you how you build pages, and they'll say it's really fine to break the grid, meaning to make you know Neil Adams kind of layouts and things like that. But before you break the grid, you have to be really good at using it. Right. You know, just using basic page layouts. And in this, you're seeing J.H. Williams go, "Okay, well, watch me do it completely basic, and still do what a really good page is." Yep. Um, you know, and you get to see them in contrast to the other ones. And you know, when you go, then you go the other way. You flip, and she's in the—it's not a bat cave or wherever she is. Uh, and and this sort of panels go around the outside, and there's a big panel in the middle. And yeah. at first, I was like, I'm gonna. This is kind of—I'm not sure which way to read this. And, and it it works anyway. Like you figure it out. Yeah. Um, which is really something to be said because 
it shouldn't be that well, you shouldn't be able to follow it. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, not to get too kind of like, you know, you know, reading into it ever, but like the, the childhood story is a simpler time. Yeah. And now is way more complicated and darker and like and the, the layouts and the story and the tone and of course the colors by Dave Stewart and everything plays into it. Yeah. And there's that red. That red. Oh. That red is in everything, man. And it's so cool. Yeah. Every, this is similar. I was thinking it's sort of similar to what we talked about the quietly Morrison, Batman and Robin in that it, it's, I feel like they're all, almost on the same level that every comic – you feel like every comic should be this good. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, in terms of writing and art working together, telling a story in, in a unique way. And it, it really when, – when comics like this come out, it really magnifies the ones that are mediocre. That just mm. – the amount of effort put into it. But I don't want to go without mentioning the backup story, the question story, which I actually really, really enjoyed. Absolutely. It, it's – I said in my review, it's, it's the most like Queen and Country thing that I've read since Queen and Country stopped reading. It was basically an espionage you know, story of the question rescuing a bunch of girls who were being shipped off as human you know, s- slaves yeah. and trafficking, sex, sexual slavery. And there wasn't a lot of character. People who don't know the question may not know about her, but you don't really need to. You just need to know that this woman is saving this other woman. And it was a really tense, you know, thriller. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I was thinking the same. When she dropped down uh, and, like, kicked those two guys in a split, I was like, oh, it's Tara. That's sort of what I'm looking <laughs> at here. And I was fine with that. The only thing I noticed about this is at the end, like, I guess she had a blonde wig on or something, but when she took the other one off, like, I don't know. She doesn't look like Renee as much to me when she doesn't have the face on. I don't know. I, yeah, they maybe that's her, like, they change, her look is sort of different now. She, they have this short hair, and it doesn't look like the old Renee from the Batman books at all. Yeah, or, or for, you know, because I think I just read uh, got through Gotham Central again. Oh, so. no, she looks nothing like she did in Gotham Central. That's so the that's image. why there's a disconnect, I think, because, you know, it's the same writer. It's a, you, you didn't want it to be the same thing. And I really but, yeah. liked it. Even though it was kind of cheesy, I really liked the end with, this, with the, you know, the, the, the head, stencil. The stenciled question thing where she's tipping her cap it was sort of a throwback to like i love you know, that i love that ranger or that yeah. kind of thing where like who was that masked woman yeah i, I love of. that i love that image from that 52 cover and i just if they if they if that's gonna they're gonna integrate that as like her mark it's awesome yeah so. i i just i you know i wasn't i was expecting to enjoy it as i did every month but i was really blown away that was the best issue so far and now we get to talk about blackest night number four which as everyone, everyone will complain wasn't picked again, but I don't see. I, I don't. I don't blame I, I you. It. I thought it was a. I thought it was a I, book, but it was. It's I still, read this still one. I read this one it. early, and I thought, all right, maybe it's going to be a pick this time. Like I was like, if I had it, if I had to pick this week, I thought for a while, I was like, okay, I would have picked. I would have picked Blackest Night this week. Yeah. It was the prop. Right up until I read the other. Book, I don't know so. if it was pickworthy though, because again, I'm waiting for. I mean, we're still. I feel like we're still building. We're still building, you know. And yes, you know, like you know, we, we, you know, kind of a, a major kind of cliffhanger happens at the end, but it's still then. It still wasn't the. No, we're still we're still yeah. in Act Two, which is where there's a lot of setup. And the thing is, I was thinking about it, and I love Sinestro Core War, but I had the same reaction. I think you guys will remember in the middle of that yeah. story. I was kind of like, all right, well. I remember I started to lose a little, a little, a little, a little bit of interest in the middle of the Sinestro Core War story. I think well, they just the long Jeff Johns stories take a while to pay off. That's well, and that's the thing, and not to not to go off this particular issue, but um, you know, I, I don't think we're in Act Two. I think we're in Act One. And if you look at it, well, hopefully, because we're, yeah. we're fourth. Well, four, but here's the problem: two, we're, so. four, we're four issues in of an eight issue mini, of the eight issue miniseries. But I was I was at the comic store yesterday, and I was flipping through previews December and January. And do you realize that in December and January there are a total of twenty eight books that are Black as Night books coming out? Yes, this is this, and that, that's this. that's December and January, and in January, Blackest Night doesn't even ship. Mm. Right, they're taking a month off. They're skipping a month. Yeah, I, and so I, and so there's going to be ninety dollars worth of comics. Yeah, but you don't have to buy them all. True, I know, but it's 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 taken a long time to get through this. But this is exactly what happened with Sinestro Core War. It took almost yeah. the whole. But Sinestro Core War didn't didn't encompass ninety dollars worth of books of. No, but, you, I, but again, you don't you have to buy them all. But the whole yeah, point I is know, that. But still, it's it's it was startling. You don't have to buy them. Well, the thing is, you're going to tell you, me you're not going to buy Black as Night Flash, and you're not going to buy. We've already, yeah, you've already not, bought. I'm going to buy most of them, but I'm yeah. not going to buy them all. I don't have to buy them all. If Let's I do, it'll be out of my choice, not because I won't. We'll see which ones you don't buy, because because I mean, because the thing is, I was flipping through them. I'm like, ooh, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. Then you can't complain. No, yeah, I know. The, well, I'm the just other saying. thing is, it it's the same. It's the same way the Sinestro Corps went out. It, yeah. You had all those tie-in books in the summertime, and it went on, it went on and on and on until the very end, and it kicked ass. But right, yeah, no, exactly. So the, we're in that middle period, and th- the, the only thing I would have picked it for was it was a badass Barry Allen, and this is this yeah. is why Blair excited for Barry Allen. He he shows why he, he is an important character, and he is well, with all due respect to Wally, he's not Wally West, and this is. The stuff he does in this issue, Wally couldn't have done. He couldn't have rallied the troops like this. He wouldn't have commanded the respect that that Barry does, and and it was a really a tour de force Wally story. I mean Barry story, which is funny because you you know this is ostensibly a Green Lantern 
tail and Hal's it's, nowhere to be found. Here's what I realized with this this issue is that this Blackest Night's not a Green Lantern book. It's a, Green it's Lantern, a, it's a, a DC book. book that yeah. came out. Yeah. Of yeah. It's a crisis book, really. This yeah. is almost like what, what they would have wanted Crisis to be. Uh, you know, and in realizing that, I mean, I'd realized it before, but like I came around this time and I was like, all right, we're dealing with Barry and, and uh, Adam and Mara. And I sort of got into that story, and I sort of. I like that it was not the big guys that were running around saving the day. It was the, you know, Mara's not a even a B list character. I, and I like the stuff with um, I don't even know the dude's name. Damage. Damage. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, and, and Adam Smasher, creepy undead J- JSA. That yeah. one panel with Doctor Fate and all the dead J- and, and Wesley Dodds and all the and Al Pratt and you know. I really like the Adam uh, enlarging inside someone and ripping them to pieces. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> There's there a lot really of good wo- stuff in this one. A lot of those, a lot of what the fuck moments this this week in comics. Yeah, also, there's there a lot were, of that. Yes, a lot. <laughs> but but it was really fun, and it's really good. It's just that we're in that middle stage of the story, and it's. I, you know, I would say beginning. we are in Act Two. Act One is everything. Starting up your like once once everybody starts attacking once they act all are rising and blowing. Well, up, then Act One was way way short because I, I still feel I feel as if act, I feel at the, at the end of this page pretty much ends Act One where Necron now we've got whoever you know the Necron resurrecting in Coast City and then you know like now you know it's into the next step where there's gonna be an offensive back against the Black Lanterns. It's in the yeah. middle of Act Two, really. Yeah. I don't know. Does it's maybe maybe he's not using a three act structure. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're all it's, overthinking. It's, it's actually a nine act structure. It's going to yeah. go on until May. It's experimental. <laughs> and acts in acts two through two through seven are fairly similar. <laughs> Ivan Reese was was killing it though. I really liked yeah. the art a lot. On the he other loved- side of things, uh, you've got you got Green Lantern forty seven, um, which is really the Green Lantern story within Blackest Night. It seems like which got a and, hell of a lot more interesting. Yes, but and this is this is I'm going to get shit for this. I thought that in the middle here, the, there's a lot of pages that were really not very well drawn. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like if you look at the first few pages, lots of action. There's lots of stuff going on, big zombies. And in the middle, you have all these pages of people sort of standing around and it, there's like kind of no backgrounds. And it, there's just a couple of weird pages. It just didn't look as good as the Which stuff page? you've done before. Um, okay, starting with the point where uh, Hal is like holding his arm and yep. he's shooting his like it and just kind of under it is all four of them shooting at it. Yep. Then go to the next page, especially the one on the right, and they're all. It's a very stiff page. Like it's just like Mike. You know, it's Mike McCone, right? No, it's or Doug Monkey. Doug Monkey. Just yeah. he's better than this. Yeah. And like all of the work and all the issues before, and like in the middle of this, I was like, "What the hell?" Well, apparently he's been—they've been busting ass. Exactly. So, yeah, no, so and and, and I'm yeah. not blaming him. I'm not yeah. saying he's bad because if you look, the beginning of the issue is fantastic. At the end of the issue is really good again. Yeah. But by comparison, in the middle, it just—it just felt a drop. Now that has nothing to do with the, with the writing. The writing-wise, I thought it was a fantastic Green Lantern issue I mean, completely. Yeah, essentially what you got is you got Green Lantern, Sinestro, Carol as the Star Sapphire, and the Indigo Tribe. You know, kind of teaming up. So you've got four of the colors teaming up now. Um, and just the whole working with Sinestro and, and the, the dialogue between Hal and Sinestro was just great. It was, you know, and it, it's neat too because I mean, if you think about all of the issues that came before this, it it makes sense because most of the time you would go, listen, there's no way the villain and the good guy are going to work together. But he's literally spent two years setting up the fact that yeah, they probably would. Yeah, you know, give it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that that's really cool. Um, good issue. By the way, I just haven't had a chance to mention this. These pages from the Doc Savage Batman thing. They're beautiful. My God. Those are some beautiful pages. Yeah, they look That's a all. little stiff. I like them. Yeah, the Phil, uh, the Phil, I love Phil Noto. Don't get me wrong, but that the 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 shot of Batman with the two guns just looked a little stiff to me. That's all. But from what I've seen of Phil Noto previously, that's all. But it does look good. I love Phil Noto. So. Now, Josh, you read Superman Secret Origins before Josh. I mean, for Ron and I did. You told us it was really good. Yeah, I really really it was liked really it. Really good. This was the best Legion thing I've ever read. This issue. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I it was, I think one of the things that bugs me about the Legion is that there are so many people that I and I can't get behind it, and they've got all the dumb names, and you got to get and like and I just all this, all that went out of my head this time. Yeah. I really dug it. I really thought all of the stuff about I mean, you know, it's a Superman origin. It's been told a million times. So if they're doing it in another way that that I'm finding interesting, I, he's got to be doing something right. Well, and, and, well, and, that, and that's, that's, that, that time period is only a couple of Legion characters, and and, and the ones that interact with Clark were only these three originally. Mm-hmm. He's changing it a little to add the other ones, but and, originally it was just the three. And that and yeah. that and that same reason is the criticism that I'll make, which I'll get shit for, is that I feel like I read this and I like the first issue. I'm like, did I read that already? Like I felt as if I felt as if I read this story already. But that's of and course I have. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I read it with Gary Frank and Jeff Johns with that hardcover you got me. 
You know, like it just it's 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 it, 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 the thing is I understand and I get it and I also the the small vilification of Superman's origin continues with the, but it's not small vilification it's the, it's the silver no, age it's the it's, it's the utilizing elements from Smallville to make it familiar like the house and the fa- and the barn geography the setup of the farm the 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 barn and the telescope those are all straight from Smallville I'm not saying it's bad I love Smallville. But it's know, probably, know, these are also elements that have been parts. there for years, right? But but they, the, the exact layout of the barn was there for years. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's got to yeah. use some sort of reference, right? No, I, which I think is a good idea because it gives people who might be who might have watched Smallville some some level of familiarity with it. Um, or, or somebody like me who hasn't watched it at all and it doesn't like I didn't notice. Yeah, no, it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just think it's interesting. That's all. I think it's an interesting choice. I, w- I didn't expect it. I like when they had that they had that long shot of the Kent farm and it's the exact layout from Smallville. So, but um. That's that's good. I like Smallville. It's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but it was it was good. It was it was Gary Frank, Frank's art. It was great. Uh, I really liked the the Clark in school stuff just before the Legion kids show up, you mm-hmm. know, and he's listening to everybody far away, and it you know it plays sort of because we've been reading Irredeemable, you know, it plays in that same sort of way, and it sort of lets you know what this character's like as opposed to you know somebody's bad and, and just being a kid and having to deal with it. it was, I thought it was just a a fun sort of uh, satisfying read. I really dug it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. This is special, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's because I don't have the affinity for Superman like you guys do. Like I don't, you know, like I don't have the emotion with I it. Just, so it's, it's, I think at yeah. some point it's going to make a really nice book. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's going to be a know, primer. Like, it's going to be a primer. Exactly. And yeah. people are like, people are finally because because people for years ask, well, what Superman books should we read? And it's 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 tough. Yeah. You know, but like this is going to be here's a Superman book to read. Bam. You know. So, um, so a couple a uh, couple of weeks ago, I talked to Rick Remender on a Talksplode, and, and we were talking about his work. And he mentioned that he um, he worked with John Romita Jr. and Klaus Janson on uh, Dark Reign: The List Punisher, um, which you know, legends in their own time. John Romita and uh, Jr. and Klaus Janson. The art in this was was up to their level, their usual level. It was great to see. Um, but with this whole Dark Reign: The List stuff, they've up to this point they've been kind of ah they don't really matter they're a little they're stories and it's moving the whole Norman Osborn Dark Reign story forward. But is it? Well, it's meant to. <laughs> I mean, it's you know like things like Hawkeye or I'm sorry Ronan attacking the tower and th- you know. <laughs> I'm sorry Ronan. Let's get his name yes, right. Ronan, Ronan. There, sorry. There but, needed to be more books with Norman Osborn and the villain, and thank God for the list right. books for that. Oh, but um. Holy shit! This one, like I read it and I had to read it again because I couldn't believe it. Um, well, it was very violent. I'll give you that. It was very violent. Basically, what happens is that Norman uh, finds Frank Castle and rains holy hell on him, and um, and launches all his hammer goons and everybody to attack him, and he also launches Dark Wolverine or Dokken or whatever to go after him. And you know how we kind of always joked how Wolverine never wins a fight. Yeah. Well, this Wolverine not only won this fight, but I'm going to spoil this, people, so I'm sorry, but you've got to go read it if you're a Punisher fan or anything. Hacked Frank Castle to pieces. Yep. Cut like, his head off, cut his torso off, cut his arms and legs off. Cut his head. Like, with the, first, the first hit when he cut his arm off, I, I went, I was literally on the bus. I was like, oh, shit. And, like, and then he hacked the other arm off. I was like, oh, my God. And then he knocked his head off and his torso. And I was like, holy cow. Now, the thing is, I knew this Frankencastle thing was coming up and I didn't know what it was and stuff like that. But, but now I'm like, this is, like, how do you go back from this? Well, and then, and the then he hit button. his head, yeah. and then Frank was like, it's just a flesh wound, and it just went on and on. <laughs> well, you know, you go on because what they, sh- they, they should have done, which is what they did, was in a, after that they had a preview of Frankencastle, which yeah. you saw a little weirdo group of aliens or whatever picking his body pieces up and taking them away, and you, you infer from the title that they're going to re- reanimate him somehow. Yeah. And that was the thing that killed this for me, and, and uh, it was yep. fun, and it was well done and everything, but I was just like – It'd be awesome if it mattered. No, but that's but that's the thing is that like I didn't know he was get, that Frankencastle thing was getting he was going to be get hacked to pieces by Wolverine, I, and so I didn't like either. on that and level it mattered to me. You know, like it was I, I was shocked. Well, I, I didn't either, and that's sort of the point. It was a mo- it was an overall comics thing where I was just like, yeah, they're going to kill the Punisher now. Whatever. Did you see the Tony Moore uh, preview art at the, yes. at the end of it? Yeah. The art was great in that the preview, great, but yeah, so. it just I mean we we a you know he's not really dead. And B it takes a the punch out when in that in the in that issue they show you the preview of him coming back. So it's, yeah, you know, well, I don't know. You don't even I, get that I, moment to to soak it in because right there in the same issue you see he's always going to come back. Well, I, like, it, it, for for whatever reason I was separated just because I was purely because I completely did not I was not expecting the level of violence and and what happened happening. I didn't. Well, I, I like that, that for once they actually yeah. showed what would happen if he did, you know went up against yeah. a superhero. He'd, yeah. he'd get destroyed really quickly, and yeah. it was kind of like that. But um, it was fun. It was beautifully we, drawn. Yep. Were you kind of thinking though? Oh, come on, Dakin though. You know, 
<laughs> like yeah. have somebody cool do it. <laughs> That's yeah. a douchebag. <laughs> so anyway, so it, that shocked me. It it, it 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 took my breath away. I didn't did not expect it. So, not not in the like you know. I was like shocked. I was I literally mm-hmm. yelped on the bus. But so um, uh, uh, New Avengers fifty eight came out, and I realized something. What the cover didn't reflect the story at all. I don't care about that. Oh, I do. Uh, don't put the hood I, standing on top of all the heroes with, when he's only what, on one were you, page. Were you, were you jonesing for a hood story? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, oh, cool. Oh, we're whatever. Hood. No hood anyway, stories. No point, more hood stories. Point. This is the exact same plot as Invincible Iron Man from last week. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. Interesting. What? The, in, in Invincible Iron Man, the, the only way that they can save Tony is to have uh, Norman Osborn have him, and they make sure that it's public in a way so he can't kill him. Yeah. Well, in this issue of New Avengers, the only way they can save Luke Cage is to make sure Norman Osborn have him and make it very public so we can't hurt him. Yeah. It's exactly the same. And it really, like, it took the wind out of my sails, which isn't to say I loved the issue. I had a total fun reading. And then at the very end, I was like, wait a minute, this feels very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I think there are too many pieces on the board with Dark Rain. Yes. I really do. Well, I really it's do. every book. Yeah. It's every book. Yeah. It's the, it doesn't maybe like if every show on NBC, even if each one was its own good show, had the same group of villain, the same like adversary, every one, and it's yeah. getting to be like a joke. I can't, ah, you know, like, a, and then Bob shows up, yeah, uh, and, like it was the same dark, dark rain, young Avengers. It was, I was yeah. there fighting Iron Patriot. I was just like, he's everywhere. Apparently, <laughs> these the, the dark Avengers are everywhere. Um, oh. I thought that, uh, but was, they never do anything. Yeah, no, they show up and then you know, like especially in, we're not even supposed to talk about it, but in the Young Avengers book. The whole time they stood there. Yeah, they're, yep, they're yep. supposed to come in and kick ass, and literally the whole issue was them standing there behind Norman Osborn, didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, and um, it's not—it's not the writer's fault. It's just the whole—the whole thing is designed this way. Yeah, I thought Eminem's art was the best of the of this art. It's very good, absolutely, it's really, really, really good. Except for, um, uh, except for the Night Nurse, but that—that that, whatever we we bitched about that already. Right, because yeah, yeah. the Night Nurse was in another book, the way she's supposed to look. Yeah, yeah, which was Marvel Divas. <laughs> yeah, Marvel Divas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, but um, with with uh, Iron Fist yoga class with all the women in it. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna talk about that later, aren't we? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I don't know, but um, that's a good point, Josh. I I, I you did hit. On I'm that. sorry. I, I want to apologize for that because it's gonna. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Read, I didn't read Iron Man, so I didn't notice that. But yeah. you know, it's obviously that's what happened. Yeah. So um uh so a little a little corner of insanity as let's a, find out. I saw Chris Claremont at the park on Wednesday. Did you tell him that I'm enjoying his work? He says um, he enjoys your recaps. Really? No. Oh, I can talk to him. Um, <laughs> so it's been, it's been a while since I talked about X Men Forever, which by the way I talked to my retailer and he said that sales on this title have dropped fifty percent back to when I stopped talking about it on the podcast. So I, I'm wondering if that's a national epidemic. Um, but <laughs> um, it, I think I think probably the novelty's over. I think the novelty's over, and plus the fact that the last couple issues, I'll be honest, have not been of the same insane glory as when this started. Um, and also, you know, believe it or not, I think the art really did suffer. Um, I think not having Grummet really hurt it. Um, this issue was Paul Smith, which um, is one of the you know industry greats. But I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's not so good. Um, but this was the uh, funeral of Wolverine. And they were back on the on the mansion grounds, and it was just more of the insanity that makes this book so special. All the superhero community came out in droves, and so you have um, Quicksilver and Crystal are still together. You have uh, a, uh, the white yellow Vision with Scarlet Witch attend the uh, funeral. Um, a uh, uh, a thing wearing a what's the what's the Jewish beanie thing called? Yeah, the yarmulke. Oh my god, yarmulke. Yeah, um, you have a creepy moment where the little teen Aurora Storm sees Forge and wonders why the creepy Indian guy is staring at her. Because he likes. Because <laughs> they were dating. Because they, they were together. <laughs> and then the the piece de resistance is when Bobby Drake and Warren Worthington show up and. At this time, at this point in history, in 1992, Warren Worthington was Archangel, blue right. skin, metal wings. He's blonde, white skin in a suit, and, and Beast actually goes, "Hey, aren't you supposed to be blue?" And he goes, "Ah, I'm done with that." I want to explain every continuity thing like that. That would be the best. Oh, the best is also so all the, the all the superhero communities coming out to the funeral, and everyone's talking about, "Wow, we'll renew so many people." And then Gene answers the door. And uh, a guy's delivering flowers with a with a, a tag that's you know not signed. She's like, I wonder who they're from. And the delivery man turns around and he's got glasses and his name tag says Bruce. <laughs> because it was Banner in disguise. <laughs> and his thought balloon is just like, I'm sorry, the Hulk wasn't there when you needed him. <laughs> 
snowy pop flowers. And uh, so this is, you know, and, and Nick Fury's in his full, you know, all his medals, his full uniform garb. And it's all told from the point of view of Cyclops. And finally, after the funeral, Cyclops, you know, blows off some steam, gets in a plane, flies to Alaska to visit his dad and his grandparents. And, oh, who's also there to welcome him? His son, Nathan. Huh. who they had sent into the future maybe about five issues before this in the real continuity. <laughs> He's like a six-year-old in this, and they're just ignoring Cable now, which is awesome. He's undoing everything that was done. I love it. <laughs> He's mad with power. He's, He's insane. Drunk He's an insane man. So He even he even brought up a, a nitpick about somebody's costume at the costume contest. At the did park. he really? What did he say? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, just, he was... He was like, oh, because there was somebody dressed up as Mr. Sinister before, before they were Mr. Sinister. <laughs> and uh, he, he started saying something about it, but I didn't hear awesome. it. I wanted to go home. You know, technically, your boots should be a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I'm sorry if it's about to be canceled. I'm not saying it is, but if the sales are down a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, sales are so. way down. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how long it'll go. So, moving on. Well, this episode of the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast is brought to you in part by Drawer Boxes from CollectionDrawer.com. The latest companion product for drawer boxes, Box Sort Upright Dividers, has been announced at CollectionDrawer.com. With these, drawer boxes become the drawer box storage system, the industry's only complete organizational system for comics. For years, collectors have complained about their comics sliding around and falling over when in a long or short box is only partially filled, sometimes causing bent issues and small cracks in the spines. Box Sort Upright Dividers actually hold comics upright in the box and keep them from sliding around no matter how few comics are in it, eliminating damage. And as the drawer fills, the divider can be adjusted by moving it back, accommodating any quantity of comics. But here's the best part. By using multiple upright dividers in a drawer, collectors can even create sections for each title and, if they prefer, create open spaces between titles so they have room to add more issues later. Have comics in a separate box because you haven't read them yet? Now you can create an adjacent section for read, read and unread issues and simply move issues into the read section once you're done. No more shuffling comics from box to box. Box sort upright dividers can help collectors sort and keep their collections organized like they've never been able to do before. Drawer boxes are the strongest storage container made for comics. They can be stacked up to six high to maximize square footage. And because they work like a drawer, every comic in your collection remains accessible by pull, simply pulling a drawer open. Long and short drawer boxes can be combined and linked together with box locks, box anchors, and any configuration to fit any space and remain secure with absolutely no tipping or slippage. And now the contents can be organized and sorted to meet the needs of any collector with every issue immediately accessible. Drawer boxes, box sort upright dividers, and box locks, box anchors use exclusive trademarks with a collection drawer company and are available at CollectionDrawer.com, and make sure to mention iFanboy when ordering. Wow, you did awesome. <laughs> Bravo, my friend. Wow. That is how a pro does it, baby. <laughs> you got into the, like, box locks, box drop. I was like, oh, my God, you need to go into voiceover. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Say drawer box. A draw box? <laughs> you over there, draw box. I don't know how to draw, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> what, the draw box? I'm, I can't I'm, say draw or draw or draw box. That's why Ron didn't read the copy. Exactly. I want to just hear Ron. I want to hear Connor do it again. <laughs> I don't. I'm sweating. So now we have so many books this week. We decided it had been a long time, but we decided to have another lightning round. And that means. Yay, it's the return of the bell. It's the return of the bell. And if you haven't heard the bell show before, the rules are simple. Each person has 15 seconds to talk about their book. And at the end of 15 seconds, they're going to hear. And it's time to move on to the next book. So get ready, boys. It's a lightning round. And I've got the timer and the bell. You're up first, my friend. Which means I'm starting, which is going to be fun. I right, on my mark, ready? Yep. Ready, set, go. World's Finest Number 1 came out, and it's a four-issue miniseries from Sterling Gates, and it features all the new Batman-Superman characters, like Damien and Robin and the new Nightwing and Flamebird from Action Comics. And it's a really nice take on the old Batman-Superman dynamic, but it was a little slight, but the characterizations were good. It was fun. Nova 30, back to big, big space action. I think the, uh, the big fun for this, it was, like lots of, it was like a culmination of a big space battle, but at the end there was a giant ego of the living planet, and he was angry, and I began to wonder, who trims his goatee? Who does that? That's very odd. And he was yelling and excited. Northlanders number 21, Brian Wood, Leandro Fernandez, new artist. I talked to Brian on Talksplode. You can look at it on the feed. You can download it and check it out. Uh, if you like crime, survival, uh, horror, uh, f- historical fiction, first issue of a new arc, pick it up. It was really good. Leandro Fernandez's art is beautiful. Beautiful. And beautiful. And, it's, and this takes place in Russia. Marvel Divas finished up, and it was it was a great little miniseries. Not at all what you thought it was going to be. It was about cancer, and it was about these women's friendship, and it was really it was a fun issue, and uh, really subverted your opinions. Very nice art, slight art, and I totally forgot to set the timer, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> 
Abe Sapien special is just a one shot. Single Abe Sapien story from uh, John Arcudi and Mike Mignola of the BBRD universe. There's uh, Abe goes out by himself. There's a little ghost story haunting thing that happens. A very nice little story. Really good characterizations of the story. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed it. Good- X-Factor number 50, uh, big 50th issue of Peter David's run on it. Uh, wraps things up. We finally found out how Layla Miller knew stuff. Turns out that is not her power. Turns out her power is to bring things back to life. But uh, uh, Layla Miller from the future came back and told the Layla Miller teenager everything that... Ultimate Armor Wars number two, which is Warren Ellis' retelling of the Iron Man Armor Wars stories. I brought on a lark, and it's actually really interesting and fun. Warren Ellis does a really great Tony Stark. Yeah. And when compared to the other Ultimate books that came out this week, it made it made the seem sort of silly because the, there seems like faux tough guys in the uh, Ultimate Avengers world. Astro City Special Astro number two. You may remember last time, uh, Brandon Anderson still can't draw people from now. But that's no big deal. It's actually a really well-written story. It was very fun. And uh, Astro is kind of a slut. <laughs> I just did that to make Ron laugh. She um, likes upside down sex. What's wrong with that? New Mutants number six, uh, the first issue of the Necrotia X storyline. I haven't talked about this because I've been a little ambivalent. I don't really know how I feel about it. Doug's Ram- Doug Ramsey is back. This issue was great. I'm on board for this crossover. X Force, New Mutants, bring it on. Um, really, really good. Really. Uh, Wolverine, Weapon X number six was Wolverine <laughs> in a mental asylum. It was kind of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest for Wolverine, and it was Jason Aaron drunk some really, really screwed up people in an asylum, plus the doctors who are sadistic, and I really liked it. Yannick Paquette art wasn't great, but it was passable, and just a real one of those books made me go, oh, that was fucked up this week. Another one. Kang! Galaxy number 19. It was awesome. At the beginning, I was like, what the hell's going on? I was completely confused, but by the end, it totally came together, and it's a really, really, really powerful ending. Uh, really nice, and it, it like the tone shifted completely. I was really impressed. Dynamo 5, number 25, the uh, last issue of this run, unfortunately. Uh, Mahmoud Asrar's last issue, uh, really, really good. At the end of it, he changed all their powers. Um, and setting it up for the future Dynamo 5, it will be back according to the back, but all the characters have all, they all switched up their powers and they have new names. Fuck. <laughs> I hate the bell. I hate the bell. Hate the bell. <laughs> I love the bell. We hate just the got bell. through 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, well, 9, 10, 11, 12 books. <laughs> four, four each. It's, it's so much fun. <laughs> um, cool. So if you go to ifanboy.com uh, forward slash comics, you can see all the comics that came out this week. All million, I bought over 20 of them this week. It was ridiculous. Um, and you can go there and you can do your pull list and you can rate and review them. And we would like to highlight some uh, the reviews of you, the users. And our first one comes from Doomwad, which is the best username I've heard in a while, um, who wrote a review of Fantastic Four number 572 and gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. And at the time of this recording, 19% of you have made this your pick of the week. And uh, Doomwad wrote a poem. He says, the first arc wraps up fast but strong. It seems Hickman can do no wrong. Eaglesham shines in his design and his lines. But really, you knew that all along. It's a limerick. It's a limerick. That's lovely. Yeah. Good issue. Yeah, great issue. Great Good ending. Three-story, three-issue arc. Great. Nice. Really yeah. good. I thought it could have used a little bit one more issue. Nah, I'm okay with it. It just seemed very abrupt, the whole thing they built up with this read. Yeah, you, but you know, but that's the, the thing world. is that is that like if, I, I hate to do this, but to go back to the to the Stan and Jack run and stuff like that is that like you know I I don't want a, an eight issue, you know. No, no, I didn't. I don't need eight issues. Yeah. I just thought I'll, I would like the one more issue with, uh, with you know. The, also, they're just reads. gone. Yeah, yeah, but, but like at the end fun. of it, at first you thought he was trying to tell a story be, uh, about the the Council of Reeds, but really it was a story about Reed and his family. Yeah, and, and I realized at the end I was like, oh yeah, the rest of the Fantastic Four weren't in this, so they had to accomplish that, get out, and then move on. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But I see what you're saying too. I like this. It, no, it was, it was a fine. It. it was a very fine issue. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I liked. Wanted... I liked active Celestials. You never see that much. Normally they just stand there, but these guys were. <laughs> they were running and stuff. They were chasing people. It was great. Killing reeds left and right. Killing reeds like with a bunch infinity, of Jasons. If, if Seriously, he looked like. Matter. He, Reed's dad seriously looked like bearded Luke Perry, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That, that exactly that, that like him. Laugh. That didn't Luke Perry laugh. from Oz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Love this book. I just, I, and I was, I was saying, I, it's been coming out on time. I just hope, I just hope it doesn't get delayed. I just, that's my fear. Yeah. No, Eaglesham didn't have any problems with JSA. I know. I have nothing to bet because because I just I would hate to see good momentum get stunted by that. So yeah, I don't think it will. Okay, good. Sure? Right, Jose, Jose Rivera, 83, wrote for Blackest Night, Titans number three, give a story of four out of five, the art of four out of five, and the people who made the pick the week numbered 0.08% of the fan base. 
And Jose Rivera said, just when I think these minis are going to get worse, they surprise me. Blackest Night Titans was a pleasant surprise. Donna actually puts some clothes on. Gar comes to a gripping realization. And there's even a special guest appearance from someone who refused to become a Black Lantern. I'm not much of a Titans fan, but after reading the mini, I think I'd like to check it out. And that was his entire review. I really liked Blackest Night Titans. Um, there was actually some important things that happened in here that, that might show up later in the story in that everyone's talking about the, the, the white power, which... Yeah. It's an awkward <laughs> um, that just needed to destroy the Black Lantern. And um, white power. In this, no, no, don't. We, eat, uh, I'm not even going to make the joke. In this, and we've seen before that that Dove wasn't res- resurrected before. We saw that in Black Knight the story. It was Dove was at peace, so the, the Black Lanterns couldn't resurrect him. In this mini, the new Hawk and Dove, well, the Hawk was killed by the old, by old Hank Hawk, and they couldn't. They can't read Dove's emotions. She shows up as all white and the spectrum, and, and they can't figure out what she's doing. And then in this issue, she unleashes some white blasts from her body, and it just, it just disintegrates all these black lanterns and, and said. Dis- <laughs> disconnects them. Well, yeah, well, uh, I, th- I mean, I thought that was an interesting revelation of Blackest Night was that the light is the black li- blackest, uh, black lantern's weaknesses, and so Green Lantern and anybody who could f- generate light, so that makes sense. So whatever's inside of yeah, Dove is yeah. the pure white yeah. um, energy that, need, that is connection suffering. And there was a really, really fucked up moment again in this issue where um, in this issue, in this mini, Donna's been plagued by the, the dead oh. version of her husband and her baby. In this issue, she 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 crushes her baby's skull. I was gonna say that was another. I mean, another chapter in the brutality of this week is is Donna Donna Troy killing her zombie baby, which was just yeah. like which continues the theory that the Black Lantern's power isn't so much the black stuff and ripping the hearts out. It's just that they really make you feel bad. Like, it's like, hi, remember me? I'm your ba- your dead baby. Hi, I'm gonna make you feel bad that I'm dead, and then you're gonna have to rip That's my head kind of, off. Yeah, That's kind of, who wrote this? It was uh, J T. Kroll. But um. <laughs> Crawl. I mean, this was like, and I didn't mention it. In, I didn't mention it in, in the upper in the bell part and stuff like that. But also in X Force number twenty, X twenty three, oh. the lady Wolverine, the girl Wolverine, she had her arm chopped off too. Like, there was a lot back. of a lot of bloodletting, a lot of bloodletting, a lot of really like ooh gut wrenching stuff happened this week. It's just kind of you know, kind of bothersome. But anyway, ooh. Um, ooh. so go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. Write your reviews. Poetry is welcome. Yeah, always, Limericks. always the welcome. Limericks. We want to thank Iverse Comics for uh, sponsoring the show again. You can get comics on your iPhone or your Touch. Basically, the way that it works is you, you turn it on the side and you get the panels. You can flip through them. You turn it back the other way and you can see the whole page, how it works. It, it works really well. I was, I was flipping around with one tonight and I was like, you know, this is, this is actually really nice. You can get titles from lots of uh, real publishers like Image, IDW, Ape, <laughs> Boom. Well, lest anybody out there think that there's not there's not stuff on here they've heard no, of. There's major of publishers. I mean, the other ones are real. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Um, anyway, the big news about the whole thing is before the app was going to cost you 99 cents. Now the app is free. So you could just download it. There's lots of free comics that you can get from there. Uh, you know, lots of number one issues you can try for free. And then after that, the 99 cents for the most part. And uh, tons and tons of comics on there, like, like a lot of things. You know, you know what's on there? The Archie Ghost, Wedding. The Ghost Whisperer? That too. Archie yeah. Wedding. Archie Wedding. wedding. So that app is free. You go to the iTunes store. You can download that. And we're not done yet. Iverse is going to be giving away another iPod Touch. You remember they wow. gave one away before? That's awesome. And We've got another one, so we're going to do what you did last time. You want to send a tweet via Twitter containing uh, the ads to Iverse Comics and at iFanboy. Make sure you get those right and say that you, know, you want to win the, the touch and, and you know, make other, get other people to retweet that and, and send it around and make sure that those are both in there. A lot of people didn't get answered last time because they didn't do it right. So we can't we'll have find the rules on the, on the show notes. Yes, you have okay. to tweet at iFanboy, at Iverse Comics, and say, and say something about wanting an iPod Touch. If you don't tweet both of us, you're not going to get it. No. But I won the last one under an assumed name. <laughs> he wore a Is that fake against mustache. the rules? Yes, I did. So there I'm it sorry. is. You have, so you've got no excuse not to try it. Go to iversemedia.com slash iFanboy for more information there. And uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. All right, on to the emails. Connor. Brian from Bananatonio. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a, a real place. Name. That's not There's real. There's no way that's a real place. <laughs> Bananatonio, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Bananatonio. From Bananatonio, Michael. Way down there, South America way. <laughs> Bananatonio, Texas. Sure, Brian. He says, let me just say that I'm working through the archives of your podcast, and I'm still about three years behind. <laughs> so he's going to hear I, this in six years. I don't remember what we talked about. So so if you answer this on your podcast, I might not know until next year. He's not going to know anyway. You know, but there's not grand, an order. 
There's no Here's continuity. Here's my glorious question. Did any of you write a paper in college about superheroes and or comic books? I've been in college for two months, and I'm turning my second paper based around a superhero. The first one was about how Spider-Man is a liberal. It got an A. Take that, studying. And the other is about Wonder Woman and a developing preteen sense of her similitude. Also, funniest unintentional thing on your podcast was when 52 started, you guys laughed at the idea of Mark Bagley doing a weekly book. Huh. Um, I never wrote a paper in college about comics, but but I did write a paper in college that involved Batman and the animated series. As yeah, did, was, as did I. I think all three of us did. <laughs> did we work on that, Connor? And I, I know Connor yes. and I did a Dawson's Creek paper. I did. Yeah, no, we, we took a we took a media. Cl- what was it? It was a, it was a senior level youth media, cult, youth culture and media. That's what it was. Youth culture and mass media, senior level um, class that had about ten people in it. And Ron, Ron was in the early class, and Josh and I were in the late class, and. We had a class, We had a segment of it that revolved around Batman the Animated Series. I think that was Ron's doing, actually. It was, yeah, because I wrote a paper about Mad Love, and and we had a uh, our, our the professor was one of the you know feminist girls and media kind of types, and she freaked the fuck out when she saw Mad Love. Like she just freaked out, and then she worked it into the curriculum. So yeah, the Joker back t- backhands Harley, yeah. but we ended up having to write a paper that involved around that, and that was that was the most. I don't think I ever. I didn't. I don't believe. I wrote more Star Wars papers than I did on than comic book papers. I wrote a lot oh. of Star Wars papers. I wasn't really reading comics until like right before I got out of school. So also, comics weren't really in the, the zeitgeist. So yeah, they were, they were, was, anyway, it was the late nineties. It was yeah. Marvel was bankrupt. Yeah. I mean, there was there was nothing going on. Yeah. That, I think that's why I wrote more Star Wars papers than com- comics. I, 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 the closest I got was putting Verily into a paper. <laughs> I remember that. Well done. Well done. You didn't. I don't think you did well on that paper. <laughs> I don't care. It was the last paper. It was the same class. It was the last paper Dick, we ever wrote. It was Dick, no, Dick Hepditch. Yes. <laughs> I got a I got a perfect score on that paper. <laughs> I don't even remember. I did well. I got an A in that we class. Did, we did. Uh, there was the, the frequency marathon where we all dressed up like superheroes and yes. appeared on the show. That was college TV. That never but got there, recorded. There's no record of that. There, no, there are, there are three pictures. There are three photos yeah. that exist from that night. Yeah. There was a we had a college TV station had a music video show called Frequency, and the senior senior year or the last in the end part of the year, the senior class would come in and, and host the 24 14 no, hour no, marathon. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what happened with the marathon, my friend. You it was see, li- and it was all live. It's a 14 hour live marathon that's supposed to start at 9 a.m. and go until whatever 14 hours after 9 a.m. goes. And it's the job of the producer of Frequency that year to organize it and do everything. And the producer of the show was was one of my very good friends. You guys were somewhat friends. You guys were you know acquaintances of him. Um, and he dragged. He did. He did not plan very well. And so I had to step in, and the night before, stay up all night programming. And then we had a whole sign up sheet where some people just to volunteer. And it's nine a.m. and it's me and him in the studio, and that's it. Nobody shows up. And for some reason, Con- I got there. At 10. Con- no, you wander in at ten a.m. and you were—I I, could have kissed you because I was like, "Great, fantastic, work the switcher." Like, it was just like because we had nobody. And it should—it should be noted that I was the regular director of that show, and I didn't come in until that night. I knew nothing. <laughs> <of it>. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a blast. It was a lot of fun, but it was. A and lot in the thirteenth hour, we we were the Justice League. I was Batman. Josh was Green Lantern. Ron was Flash. Flash. I was Flash. Gordon was Robin. Yeah, and we had a we had a we had a, another black Superman we'd steal, yeah. and we had uh, somebody else. But we had, yeah, that was no the only show not recorded on video was the Justice League episode yeah, because we were all in the studio. <laughs> nobody was in the nobody was in the master control. Of exactly. Tape. Yeah. Ran out of tape. Power tape well, for now. Anyway, I, I think this just got really self indulgent. It really did. Let's <laughs> move on. So Jedi Rob writes in the third issue of Superman Blackest Night has created a problem for all their Superman books. I feel this issue moved the overall story forward with the with the dome creation, yet it has not happened happened in any other Superman book. Should we assume that new, the new Krypton story arc takes place before Blackest Night, and this is where the new Krypton story will end? With Supergirl stuck on New Krypton and Superman back on Earth, is this how they'll end up? If a Superman fan was not reading this title, they are missing out on what could be a huge future plot twist. Just wondering if any of you felt this way, or if you'd like to shed some light on this for me. I don't Gosh. think like this person. No, I just, they're separate stories, and, they're not, and I, I imagine they're not going to be interconnected in this way. I think they're doing you watch, a good they'll job. just never refer to that again. They're doing a good job of keeping all the books in their own separate worlds for right now, and I don't think this is going to have any bearing on what happened in Blackest Night's not going to have any bearing on New Krypton, I don't think. It's possible in, in December or January when they're all connected, they, it might, but ultimately it's not, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. No. No, this is one of those things where, especially with, um, you know, big events like this and all sorts of stuff going on, it's got to get mixed up a little bit. And some stuff maybe you got to, you got to, you tell, tell your, you make the story make sense in your head. And then by the end, you'll have all the information. You can tie it back together and just try to enjoy it as it goes. That's, that's how I deal with a it. A lot of pieces on the board. Yeah, both a companies, a lot of pieces. Just, just enjoy, least, enjoy the one you're reading at the time, and not worry about just, it. 
just be glad that Norman Osborn's not the villain in all of the Blackest Night books. <laughs> Although, <laughs> that would be a noteworthy plot twist. That would. It, no. would, it certainly would. It I, would. Didn't, I didn't see that one coming at all. <laughs> at all. That's, that would be Eisner worthy. I think. I think you win right away for that. Oh, so if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And if you want to catch up on World of New Krypton or any of the other uh, kind of story arcs that have been going on this whole year, Green Lantern, any of that stuff, uh, uh, Secret Invasion, all the other Marvel stuff, you got to go to InStock Trades. InStock Trades is the place to get your trades and hardcovers and everything online. You can save up to 37% off. They do free shipping on orders over $50. They've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and ready to order. They've got all the absolutes, all the hardcovers, everything you might want. Um, they got new releases listed on their website every Wednesday, and if you make an order, it usually ships within 48 hours. Um, so we want to thank InStock Trades for sponsoring this episode, and you can go visit them at www.instocktrades.com. Whee! Thank you, InStock Trades. Yes. Normally, this is the point of the show we do voicemails, but because we had all those books, and we went off on our self-indulgent tear. We're going to skip that segment for now, but most likely it'll return next week. Most likely. Yeah. In case yeah. there's another 40, 40 book week, then we won't. Yeah. <laughs> this week was, I mean, it was brutal. It was really No, but brutal. they were most, I didn't have a lot of bad ones, so yeah. it didn't hurt. No, no. When you have a week hurt. like this and they're all like threes, you're yeah. like, oh, this sucks. But I, a, lot of, a lot of fives. It was a like. strong yeah. week. Yeah. It was a strong week. Yeah. And then you went and stand out in the, in the cold in the park. What? Oh, you did. It was cold <laughs> in the park. Uh, was it fun it was. at least? Was it at raining? Fun? And I, I wanted to get back for the baseball game. And there was <laughs> Joe Quesada's huge head on the t- on the on the building. You should have ran and thrown a hammer at it. <laughs> Were all of the Marvel uh, employees walking like animated figures from a motion comic? They, they, they bounced up and down. They move kind of slowly and and they walk, they bob. I do got to admit, for people who don't know what we're talking about, Connor went to the Marvel. Marvel had a fan fest in Union Square in New York City to celebrate the launch of the uh, John Cassidy, Joss Whedon motion comic of Astonish X-Men as directed by Cassidy and Neil Adams. Um, yes. And uh, I and if you go to ifanboy.com, Connor did a post with some great photos from the event. I felt like I was there. But my favorite one is the one where Dan Slott got in the way of your picture. He did. He walked right <laughs> into my photo. I was taking a picture, and suddenly somebody walked in. And I was like, oh, what the f- like, Dan Great. Thank, thanks, Dan. <laughs> well, the what moment the fuck, Slott? <laughs> the moment for me was I was in the front with the, with the other photographers taking photos of the people in the costumes, and some guy walked up behind me and asked me what was going on, who, who that was famous was there. And I went, well, it's a Marvel costume contest. And he went, Oh, turned around and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) That said, the costume contest was a sham, and that Spidey sense Peter Parker should have won. He was good. That was a great costume. It was a really good costume. Um, (laughs) I was happy he at least got something. They they won big prizes. They got like two hundred dollar gift certificates to to the comic store, um, Forbidden Planet. Like they they were giving out. The guy who won got like a four hundred dollar gift certificate, a couple of Marvel statues, and something else. It was a big like. They're uh, really pushing the cosplay at Marvel. Like they yeah. love that shit. Like that San Diego, they're the costume contest. Like I, the costume thing is is building momentum. I get the feeling for it. Gathers they had a crowds. lot of yeah. they had a lot of hired models um, yeah. on segways, on segways, and in was, uh, were they wearing the, were they wearing the naughty Halloween costumes? Was that one white queen there? You know the one no. from, <laughs> from New York. Oh. God. Love. Oh man, the New York con when you were interviewing Tony Daniel. <laughs> uh, go back and freeze frame that. You could see me shake the camera because I was looking. <laughs> oh, too much inside information. <laughs> yeah, it just got uncomfortable for me. <laughs> Did. All right. Uh, so, but wait, let's linger. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been busy over at ifanboy.com. If you haven't noticed, um, uh, we've been uh, we mentioned it on Twitter the other day. We got some uh, talks flows coming your way. Um, you might have noticed earlier uh, this week on ifanboy.com. I spoke to Brian Wood for a little bit about Northlanders number twenty one, the first issue uh, of that new story arc, and you can find that um, talks flowed on the feed uh, a couple of episodes down on the feed if you missed it. Um, it was great to get kind of fifteen minutes kind of rundown of the new story arc in Northlanders. Um, and Josh, you, we did another one this week. Yeah, I spent a lot of time uh, talking to Andy Schmidt, who's the senior editor from IDW. Um, you, you may know him. He's the guy behind all the G.I. Joe comics that are coming out right now and all the Transformers comics that are coming out right now. So uh, there's a lot of really good stuff, the Star Trek comics that are coming out. They got Archie next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he used to work at Marvel. He was the guy behind uh, behind Annihilation. So basically everything that Adam and X-Factor. Yeah, and X Factor from Peter David. He edited Alias um, from Bendis, and uh, you know he's he's been there for a hell of a lot of stuff. And so he's he's talked to me about editing and all that kind of stuff. And also um, he does uh, he runs a sort of a comics classes school called Comics Experience, um, where you can sort of you know learn how to write, learn how to 
learn how to draw and all that stuff from the professionals. So yeah. fun conversation. And you want to keep an eye out next week, this coming week, for we might have another Talksplode coming your way. Maybe, maybe not. You want to say, stay tuned to iFanboy.com for uh, the announcements. There's definitely at least one next week. Yeah. There might so, be two, right? Could be. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Explosions of splodes. And uh, if you're listening to this, Halloween just happened in the past week. And if you dressed up in a costume, you took a picture of it, send it to iFanboy.com. We did this last year. We did a roundup of everybody's Halloween costumes. So, and it was a fun time. So if you've got one and you want to send it an email to Gordon at iFanboy.com, Gordon, the intern, is compiling the costumes for us. He's finally doing something. Finally. And uh, so send it in with Gordon at iFanboy.com, subject line, costume, put your name. And if you have an iFanboy name, put that in there too. So we can put that into the uh, to the post. I think we're going to put it up the first week of November, so that people can have a chance to send their their stuff in after the holiday. So, yeah. if you dressed up as most of us did and are sending in our own photos to Gordon, um, do that. And I you can see there's a red post on my fanboy. Check it out for details. Look at us. We push, learned, look at us pushing the costumes too. Jeez. We learned mm-hmm. from Marvel. I think yeah. you know like, yeah. people, people love costumes. costumes. Disney bought them, yeah. and this is what well, they're, they're doing. They're negotiations so. to buy them. They haven't actually bought them. <laughs> no one keeps talking about that part. That yeah. part. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> cool. So go to iFanboy.com uh, where you get all the details about the ho- Halloween costume contest. Um, and that whole part's been pretty quiet, actually. They didn't mention that before. So if you go <laughs> that deal. So over at iFanboy.com, um, we want to thank all of our members. Our membership base is great. They keep us going. We try to do all giveaways. We're going to be uh, putting together some new giveaways, uh, so stay tuned for that. But And the only way you can win in the giveaway is to become a member. Uh, for $4 or $4 a month or $42 a year, you get a prize pack with some stickers and some buttons and a comic from our collection. And if you want to spend a little more money at $10 a month or $100 a year, gets you that uh, the stickers, the buttons, the comic, and the iFanboy members t-shirt. For those of you who have ordered members t-shirts, they are being printed. They're coming coming soon, so hang in there. We did to do a reorder because we had so many members coming in. Um, and uh, we thank everybody. You can go to store, uh, ifambo.com forward slash store. That's where you can sign up for a membership. We were down a little last week, but we're back up. So if you want to become a member, please join. Um, so what happened was I was interviewing Tony Daniel. And I was like, I think she's behind because we'd seen her. I apologize for that. Check out ifambo.com. Josh's happiest memories. <laughs> really, it's all I've got. It's uh, the Pick of the Week review that Connor wrote. Very nice. A little discussion after that. Uh, and all sorts of comic book talk on the site. There's, there's lots of good stuff this week. We say that every week, but that's because there's lots of good stuff every week. I mean yeah. – so, I love have. Sonya's Planetary article this week. Yes. You, yeah, that was great. So, yeah. I did the opposite. I read that one and I hadn't read any of the ones before it for like five years. What the hell was this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash about and you can find out – who, who are these people talking to me and writing? Uh, and then you can find other ways to connect with us on the web and you can hear about what we're having for dinner. On Twitter. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, also, there's a, there's a video show that we do, did, are doing, going to do. We've been, doing, doing? We've, we've been in reruns while we're on, Listen, while we're on a break. There's, there's a re, they're not reruns. They're refunds. Re, yeah. Exactly. They're That's reprints. They're reprints. That's what we're if calling If you've never it. seen it, it's new to you. Yeah, exactly. Damn right. And we actually had a lot of people post it in those discussions that they hadn't watched the episodes. They'd skip yeah. them for whatever reason. Don't skip the episodes. Watch yeah, the episodes. Watch them. So, so we're Maybe you'll see something you wouldn't think you'd like, but you did like it. It's new to you. Yeah. So we're going to take another year off and just you can watch all the old ones. Because <laughs> no, clearly, no. you know what? Because clearly it's your fault. You should have watched them the first time. <laughs> now, we had a very long and exciting pre-production meeting earlier in the week about coming back with new shows. So don't you worry. I don't know if it was exciting. Nobody brought donuts for one thing. And I, that was <laughs> I brought them, G- but I couldn't get them to you through Skype. <laughs> well, you, sh- I mashed them into the port and now I can't. <laughs> yeah, but, but you, what you do is you turned your little video camera on and you ate them in front of me the whole time that we were having the meeting. <laughs> right. Paul just having pants on. Now it's getting Fine. weird. Now it's getting weird. Anyway, Fine. plans for the video show to come back are, are afoot. Stay tuned. I can't do the show. I'm so fat now. <laughs> yeah, I've been working out like crazy in order to get back. I was like, oh shit. Look at you. <laughs> we're, we're having contests. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Get in shape, Joshy. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns, workout tips, any, any stories about White Queen from the Comic Con last year? When that baby comes, Josh, you're going to hold on to that memory tight. I really hope. Oh, my God. You knocked up the White Queen? <laughs> I no, really hope she doesn't listen. I hope she does. <laughs> if she does, email me. If and she does, I want to do a talk explode with her. <laughs> now I'm mouthing, I'm mouthing call me, but you can't see it. <laughs> uh, if you dig what we do, go to iTunes. You can write a review as well as tell your friends all about it. Spread the word about iFanboy. We appreciate everybody who does. If everybody introduces iFanboy to a new person, then we will double the number of people who know about it. That's pretty cool. So, My God. That's well, math. It takes one. 
It only takes one. It only takes one. You got to be in it to win it. Just a cup of coffee a day. Oh, wait a minute. That's all. For pennies a day. For pennies a day. It's NPR. Wait a minute. That's Sally Struthers. (laughs) Wait a minute. Ah! White Queen. I have to go watch that episode now. Oh, don't say that. (laughs) All right. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh. Thank you very much. 